and we are actually going to make a stop in the nba because when you have historical things happen in the nba right um a historical contract by the way it has to be mentioned here on the show and i would love to get into it right now the Celtics Jalen brown agrees to the richest deal in the nba history okay a five-year 304 million dollar extension is Jalen brown wrote that contract and zach the mic is yours all right, Lil. So I totally understand when a lot of people see these numbers and they see the fact that Jalen Brown is now the guy that has the richest contract in the history of the NBA, especially after the playoffs he just had. That's something that's definitely going to raise a lot of eyebrows. But I'll just start off by saying, like, NBA contracts are crazy. Like, it wasn't that long ago that Mike Conley at one point was making the most money in the NBA. And this Jalen Brown contract almost doubles that. But my main issue with this is, is this, right? I understand the Celtics, you can make the argument they had to do this. I think you can make the argument that securing Jalen Brown for the next four or five years is better than just letting him walk for nothing because that's really the two options they had unless they really wanted to trade him. But it doesn't look like there's really a deal out there uh, this offseason that really uh, would appeal to them that much in order to deal him. So my main issue with this, though, is the fact that the reason why, the only reason why, really, it, that Jalen Brown is even eligible to make this money is the fact that he made first team or all an all NBA team this past year. He uh, not everyone in the league, uh, not only right now, but in the history of the NBA, could say that. And when you make an all NBA team, that makes you eligible for this super max contract. And I think that this super max deal is one of those things that. I don't think the NBA and Adam Silver really realize necessarily how it almost is creating more harm than good for the teams that are in a position to pay their superstar player. Because I think we'd agree, like, Jalen Brown is a really good player, one of the better players in the league. But is he a top 20 player in the league? I don't think so. Is he a top 25 player in the league? Probably not for me, especially after the playoffs he just had. And Boston, they have some questions, right? I know we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, too, about teams in all sports, not only the NBA, but also the NFL. The Bills were another one that came to mind that really needs to get over this hump, a team that's just been knocking at the door and knocking at the door at a championship. And I do think when it comes to Boston and the Celtics, this was a move that I think you can make the argument they had to make, because if they want to win the championship anytime soon, Jalen Brown is going to give them the best chance to do that. But my frustration is more towards the NBA and the fact that I understand the regular season is important. We don't want to devalue it, but we all realize the playoffs are the most important games possible. And the fact that Jalen Brown is eligible to make this money because of a great regular season he had, opposed to the playoffs where when Jason Tatum got hurt right off the, right uh, to start the game against Miami in game seven, Jalen Brown was not able to step up. And, and one more avenue about this topic that I'll mention, we don't have to go fully down it right now. I'll give you the chance to respond to everything else I just said. But Jason Tatum is a free agent after the year 2026. And if you're him and you're seeing your guy, Jalen Brown, making this much money, how does that really make you feel? I mean, my thing with the two Jays is I don't think they dislike each other. I, I think they're on good terms, but I don't think they're that fit, uh, that great of a fit together on the basketball court, the two of them. I feel like every time one of them gets going, the other one is just chilling in the corner and not really involved. And Boston, you look at their payroll for this upcoming or for the 20 uh, 24 2025 season Jalen Brown 50 million Jason Tatum 34.8 million Porzingis 29.3 million Brogdon 22.5 million 
Derek White, 19.6 million. Robert Williams, 12.4 million. Al Horford, 9.5 million. So their seven highest paid players on the team alone will put them over the luxury tax. That's a lot of money and a lot of pressure for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the question kind of put me in a tricky spot. And I didn't realize this before the show, right? Because of the obviousness of this question, right? Like, is he worth $304 million? Um, no, <laughs> clearly not. And even coming from a Jalen Brown fan like myself, you know, probably my second favorite player in the NBA today. I can't even say that with a straight face, right? I would probably be laughing on the low. Like, I, I just can't, right? Is he a better player than Jokic, who he's making more than him, $276 million Jokic is making, um, who won a finals, a finals MVP, a back-to-back -back MVP was runner-up last year obviously not right so no he's not worried that but i understand the logic behind giving it to him right i mean i understand the playoffs especially the miami heat series wasn't a delight to see with Jalen brown he resorted back or reverted back to those issues dribbling the basketball i believe he shot 16 percent from three-point range as well um but they had to make the deal i mean who could they have traded if they wanted to trade him or trade him for another guy. I mean, what Damian Lillard, who's 34 years old, who's injury prone, right? Is that move going to make you significantly better? Once again, you're tampering with the chemistry. You're already done swap out different coaches under the tutelage uh, or over the tutelage of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for them to learn different identities. You know, Joe Mazzula is an offensive guy and um, Ime was a defensive guy. So there's a lot of changes. Do you want to break up the duel for more change? You know, so Boston already made their bed by having him in all these trade rumors all these years. They got to lay in that bed now and lay in an expensive Gucci bed, right? Because it's very expensive bed that they're laying in right now, clearly. And I think for me, like, once again, we go down the list of guys who could have got traded for, you know, in return for Jalen Brown with James Harden. Are you kidding me? The guy that goes Casper, the bigger the moment. Right? No. I mean, I believe Jalen Brown is a better player than James Harden, respectfully, with all due respect. Right? Who are you going to trade um for? Cat? Call Anthony Towns? Nah. Jalen Brown. Let me throw one name. Let me throw one name at you quickly. This is really the, I think, the thing that makes the situation so interesting to me, right, is even though Brown was not great in the playoffs this past year, when Boston made the NBA Finals, he was the best player for them in that series against the Warriors. Absolutely. Jason Tatum was nowhere to be found, right? And I think where the turmoil and, and some issues kind of started was when Jalen Brown, oh, that next summer, he was in some serious trade rumors for Kevin Durant. If you're Boston, do you regret not trading Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, especially knowing now that you have to pay him this much money? And I, I have to say, like, the I'm not I'm a Brown fan too. Like, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I, I think you could definitely win with him on your team. But I just think we've seen the Tatum Brown duo come up short so many times in playoff series after playoff series after playoff series. A big what if for me is what if Boston would have traded for Kevin Durant last offseason? Um, you know, I don't think I don't think I would have done that. You know, I understand that Jalen Brown is more expensive than Kevin Durant ultimately, but I think Kevin Durant is declining. I saw personally, I saw Jalen Brown and Tatum lock him up in the playoffs two years ago. You know, so, you know, they would have better, literally in that series, the best two plays was Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, right? Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then it was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, respectfully. So um, I don't look at Kevin Durant like I used to. 
before I was like, yeah, he's one of the two best players in basketball. Not anymore. He doesn't show up in big games. He never did. So, no, I wouldn't have made that that trade respectfully. I don't think it would have moved the needle at all. I'll throw at you, though. If you put Durant on the Celtics instead of Brown in that Heat series, like, it, it's hard to think they don't win, right? Like, I agree. Like, what you said about Durant is true. But, like, if you have him as technically, like, maybe even your second dog behind Tatum, like, that, that one-two punch, that's pretty hard to beat. I mean, Kevin Durant didn't have the best series in his first round series or second round. I believe it was second round series against the the Nuggets, right? He struggled in the playoffs in his own right, you know? And like I said, Kevin Durant, once again, he was his signature playoff moment when he was by himself. It was that Brooklyn series against the Bucks where, you know, he scored 40-something points in game seven. But other than that, that was literally his best individual performance in the playoffs as far as being the guy. He has a history, with Russell Westbrook included, of not showing up at big games. Just because his name is Kevin Durant, I'm not losing sleep over that. You know, I think Boston should have beat Miami, but it was a letdown. Yes, Jalen Brown was a part of that, but Tatum was a part of that too because he got injured, he got hurt, he was slow to start, and that was a whole collaborative effort. They were very inexperienced at coaching. There was a lot of factors on why they lost to Miami, but clearly they shouldn't have lost to Miami. But what's done is done. But, you know, they should have won that series with all due respect. But back to my point about Jalen Brown, right? Zay made a point about Tatum and how he believes that Tatum may have peaked already, right? I can't say the same thing about Jalen Brown. I actually think he has a higher ceiling right now. I think he can get better. Clearly, we know what his issues is, dribbling in traffic, dribbling with the left hand. Clearly, he's still trying to evolve into a playmaker. I think he could do those things, and I still think he could – potentially be a top 15 player in the NBA. Like, literally, I think that's his ceiling, being a top 10 player in the NBA. And I understand he's getting paid like the best player, clearly, but that's how the market is. You know, you don't get what you're worth, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You never get what you're worth in sports, okay? Whether you're underpaid or overpaid, you never get what you're worth, right? There's not a lot of contracts that I can match the contract to the production, and it's it meets halfway, mano y mano, barely. And I think this is another example. I talked about the Nuggets, right? I'm glad I did. Remember when Michael Porter Jr. got a five-year, $207 million max contract? He got that as a number three. And everybody had an issue with that. Like, why are you overpaying for a number three when he's clearly the number three? But they want a chip. Jalen Brown's the number two. So, um, yeah, Tatum Brown, 1A, 1B, they get to run it back. I understand it's going to be very expensive to keep the team together, but um, I actually believe that this may be their best shot to win a championship. I understand they don't have that true playmaking point guard, but I do like the addition of Christos Porzingis. I think his ability to be a stretch big and space the floor will allow those lanes to slash for Jalen Brown and Tatum. So um, it's all about them getting the job done. Clearly, the Celtics are invested in Jalen Brown. They believe in him. I believe in the guy. Now it's all about putting it all on the basketball floor. And let's see if he's able to do that this year and the Celtics could get over that hump. It is just a lot of money. You are now going to be investing about $84 million in your top two guys of Brown and Tatum. And one thing about Kevin Booker or Devin Booker and Kevin Durant is Phoenix was clearly undermatched in that series against Denver, but they did take it to six games solely because of how well Booker and Durant played in game four. I believe they combined for about 80 points to tie that series uh, up at two against Denver. My issue is if you're paying 
your top two players that amount of money. I want to see them capable of doing that, like Booker and Durant did. And when Tatum got hurt in that game seven, man, that you know, you mentioned Dak Prescott and that playoff game against San Francisco, how that could have been a career altering moment. How if Dak would have just came through that one time, maybe all the narratives about him would have just ended forever. And uh, unfortunately, he couldn't do that. He, he did not play well, turned the ball over multiple times. I thought that as soon as Jason Tatum got hurt to start off that game seven against Miami, that was really an opportunity for Jalen Brown to show you, okay, when my team needs me, I'm capable of being that number one option and taking this thing home. And I understand that Boston paid Jalen a lot of this money when they didn't have to, but I can never see a scenario where the Boston Celtics view Jalen Brown as their best player over Jason Tatum, unless Tatum is gone and he's out of the picture, which I don't really see that happening anytime soon. I just think it's a lot of money to be investing in your top two guys when, yeah, they're both really good, but you have questions uh, if they could make it work together based on how many big playoff series they've played in and have come up short in. Yeah, and I think for me, right, as I start up my second lap, you're talking about, what is it, three of the last four years, Eastern Conference Finals, a Finals appearance you sprinkle in in that category as well. As a Knicks fan, like, I would literally rejoice if I was a, you know, if that was the Knicks right there. Like, there's some teams that don't even taste that success, right? So understand that we live in that, okay, like, I'm in a new reality right now. My reality is to win a championship. So when I don't, I'm going to feel a type of way. But everybody's reality is different. But most teams will want to be in that predicament of having a shot to win a championship every single year. And I understand that Boston will deflect the other way because they like, I'm dealing with this heartbreak of getting closer and closer and closer. We got a friend of the show, Dino, who's a diehard Celtics fan, and he was on suicide watch at the last year. And I get all that, but you have to take the good with the bad. At least with Tatum and Brown, you have sustainability, you have longevity, you have continuity, and you can go out there and compete every single year. Is he overpaid? Of course he's overpaid. But that's some of the risks that you take when you're trying to seek a championship. And when you look across the league right now, there's a lot of big threes across the league. Like last year was a dynamic duel. This year is the big three. You talk about Boston, Tatum, Brown, Kristaps, right? You talk about L.A. if they get James Harden, James Harden, PG, Kawhi. You talk about the Bucks, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you know, Giannis, right? You talk about a whole bunch of teams, the Suns. Bradley Bell, Kevin Durant, you know, um, Devin Booker, right? So much more. If Dane goes to Miami, Dane, Bam in the bio, Jimmy Butler, so much big threes in the NBA. And if you're Boston, you have as great of a shot as any of those teams to make and win a finals. You know, if Dane went to Miami tomorrow, I am not picking the heat to come out respectfully. With all due respect, they're losing a lot of cohesive chemistry off of that team. I am not picking them. I will be picking Boston. So they gave themselves another shot to win a championship. And once again, you dish out the money. It's about the production that you're going to get going forward. And hopefully it's the great production that results and you bring home that trophy. Yeah, to close this out for me, Boston knew eventually they were going to have to make a decision on this. And I think in the predicament they were in right now, yeah, you know, they, they're not going to trade for Dame. They need Jalen Brown if they want to win, as our guy uh, Dujanay che checks in. But if I was the Celtics, I would have traded Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant last offseason, especially because Jalen, like, I feel like Mikel Bridges said this, and, and I agree. Like, if you're a player 
that's even in rumors for Kevin Durant. Don't you have to take that as a compliment? Like, shoot, Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league, one of the best players ever. Like, I'm in trade rumors for him. I would take that as a compliment. But Jalen Brown didn't. He was very insulted by it after how he played uh, so well in the NBA Finals for Boston. There have been some questions about, does Jalen Brown even want to be in Boston long-term to begin with? Obviously, this contract extension will silent a lot of those. But I do wonder... What if Kevin Durant was a Celtic in that Heat series instead of Jalen Brown? Would have they would they have been able to get over the hump? Uh, they probably would have had the same result and been home. Obviously, we don't know that because you know I mean, you, you can't alter history. But he's lost it a little bit. But eight turnovers, man, he's giving you that when Tatum gets hurt. And, and and Tatum, I remember some poor halves and first quarters and the game seven. He got hurt. I understand he got hurt, but I mean, come on, that's not an excuse. I understand injuries are a part of the game, but it's game seven, my guy. So, you know, to me, honestly speaking here, when you look at everything as a whole and salute to my guy, Dujanay, right? My man doesn't come up in big games. That That's true from time to time. Tatum will have one of those vintage games where, like, game seven in that Philly series where he goes off. But then he'll, he'll not show up in big games. At the end of the day, like, I feel when you talk about Brown and you compare him with Kevin Durant, the idea of having Kevin Durant is better than having Kevin Durant these days. With all due respect, right? Having Kevin Durant back in the day was different. But the idea of having Kevin Durant is always better than actually having Kevin Durant. Why? Because when he comes, he probably gets hurt. Because he's dealing with injury bugs, you know, as of late. Ever since that Achilles injury, he can never stay on the field. If you look at how he's built on the court, excuse me. And if you look at how he's built and how he plays, you right? And his length and everything and how he comes down, like, I mean, would you expect him to stay healthy most of the time? Like, nah. So, um, like I said, the idea of having him is better than having him. And I think a lot of people still holding on to the fact that, you know, he was one of the greatest scorers that we have ever seen in the game. But um, you made the finals with Tatum and Brown. Clearly, you can win the finals. Clearly, you choked that finals. You was up 3-1. Well, could have went up 3-1, right, if you won that game four at home where you was up by, like, 10 entering the fourth quarter. So it's about getting the job done and getting over that hump. Everybody want to break him up. As soon as something happens, break him up. No, it's not that easy to win in the NBA. It's not. It's really not. You know, and I think a lot of people take that for granted. A lot of people think it's easy to go out there and win the NBA finals. If it was so easy, then teams won't be joining super teams. Players won't be leaving and ditching their own organizations to go and stack up on chips and chase this ring culture and, 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 and try to deal with the pressure. It's not easy. And they keep coming short, getting over the hump. This is a good year. This is going to be the most unique Boston team in this whole, you know, uh, mix and match around Tatum and Brown, right? With the Kyrie Urbans, the Kembers, and all that. They mix and match. This is going to be the most unique, versatile team they have in this era of Brown and, and Tatum with the Christos Porzingis acquisition because they're going to be able to go really big, really small. It's about them putting the pieces together is showing up when they need to, which is in the clutch and in the playoffs. Yeah, my last point on this is I feel like the way Boston lost each of the last two years, the way they lost in the finals to the Warriors, the way they lost in the Eastern Conference finals to Miami, you could definitely make the argument that Boston should have won one of, if not both of those series. And the fact that they didn't, that's why I was so evident, like, okay, a change needs to be made. And maybe that move was just getting rid of Marcus Smart and, and bringing in Porzingis. That very well could be. I think Boston automatically 
will just be a better team based on the improved assistant coaches around Joe Missoula. They didn't really – Brad Stevens, I'm a fan of his, but they didn't really set him up in a position to succeed, especially after Damon Stoudemire, an experienced NBA guy that's been around the game for such a long time, especially after he left in March for the Georgia Tech job. Missoula was clearly outmatched in that Heat series. And Boston's definitely a contender in the Eastern Conference. But uh, after how badly and just how heartbreaking of a loss uh, each of the last two years were – I just think a big change had to be made with Boston this year. And maybe that change was just getting rid of Marcus Smart. But for a guy that really provided so much energy, a guy that was a lifelong Celtic, that, that's definitely a risky move to make. And there were questions about if Jalen Brown even wanted to be in Boston long-term uh, before he signed this contract. I'm also curious to see if Jason Tatum's long-term future is really going to be in Boston after this move. Uh, you know, I just think there there could come a point like if they don't ultimately win a championship where you're going to have to pick one or the other. And uh, I'm curious to see how Boston goes about that decision. And that's the flexibility in a way of giving Brown that contract is that you get to extend the how can I say extend the process of evaluating if these cats can win a championship together. And then you could come to that decision maybe after next season, because I think they're really trying to go all in, which they should, right? Them lurking around the finals and, and lurking around the trophy, they should go all in next year. You go all in. If you don't win it, then you could make that decision when you're about to pay Tatum to trade Tatum and Brown. I assume it will be slightly easier to trade Tatum over Brown, but if you prefer to trade Brown over Tatum, if let's say teams want to take on that type of contract, I'm not sure if they would. It depends on how Brown looks next season. It's a make or break in all accounts, but you can still kind of trade one of those guys, one of those stars and break them up and still have a little bit of cap relief and tax relief as well. So that's what this move does. It secures the future in a sense and allows you to evaluate if these two fellas who like to play that your turn, my turn offense could win together because Zay, um, excuse me, Zach, right? My last point as we close here is that I understand that they're very unique in the way that they don't play great at the same time most of the time, right? You don't ever see them cook up most of the time at the same time. The time that I would say I saw them cook up at the same time was when they played the Miami Heat two years ago. In the game six and seven, I thought they cooked up at the same time. It's basically your turn, my turn, isolation style basketball. But at the same time, like, it showed that you could still win and win games that way. It's just a matter of they don't have that chemistry that Murray and Jokic have where they have the same feel of the game together and they can play off each other. It's more so, all right, you you got the hot hand, I'm going to let you rock. I got the hot hand, then you let me rock. And we have the complementary pieces to do what they need to do. So let's see if that formula and strategy could actually work. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We've been slinging shows left and right. Slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. All ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.